the school is out. Which means it's time for Hi Kids. Good afternoon. It's great that we could meet again. My name is Ronald Silverstone and I'm 12 years old. And I'm your host for today. Thank you so much for tuning in to 101.9 Hi FM and listening to the Hi Kids show. Today, I have an exciting show wrapped up for you today. To start off, I will be interviewing Charlene Brett. She is a speech therapist and an audiologist. I also have amazing fun facts for you and a short poem by Christian M. Mitue. I think it's Mitue. And we will be playing a small game for your hearing. Get ready for a fire-jammed pack show, only on 101.9 High FM. You're listening to Hi Kids on 101.9 High FM. My name is Renal Silverson and I am 12 years old. You are listening to Hi Kids on 101.9 High FM. Before I start with our interview with Charlene Brett, our first fun fact for the day is, in 31 BC, the Romans took over Egypt, and as if it couldn't get any worse, they later fell under the control of Muslim warriors. They had never really had a strong nation for a long period of time. The Muslim warriors found the capital, Cairo, and ruled for over several centuries. But there was more trouble on the way, as the British invaded and conquered Egypt in 1882. That is a troubled history fact, but also amazing. Please send your fun facts and history facts on our SMS line 34519. Before we start with the interview, I want to introduce our new feature called Kids Doing Amazing Things. Who have you helped today? Well, ever considered asking someone to go under your umbrella in these rainy weathers? Helping someone goes a long way, and it doesn't matter how small acts of the kindness you have done. Hashem will bless you for doing a mitzvah today. There are other good deeds you can do, such as donating shoes to unprivileged children, and a deed would help in times like these when the weather is wet. So I challenge you to do a good deed today, or even send in good deeds ideas to 34519. And I would be delighted to read them out. That is all I have for you today. Thank you for tuning in. Now, before we're going to ask our interview questions, we have a fun game. And the game also consists of winning a, he- a free hearing test. Okay, this is how the game works. It's to see if you can hear the difference between two sentences that sound very, very similar. So the game works is... Our Charlene is going to read two sentences, A and B. So, A and B will sound different, but also the same, if your hearing is good. Charlene is going to start off in reading it, and you guys are going to have to say, type in the difference. All right, would you like to start? Hello, Ranel. It's lovely to be here. There's such a beautiful energy here, and I'd love to start. Okay, guys, so the two sentences, A and B. A, the sky is falling, and B, the sky is falling. Which one did I, am I going to tell? The sky is falling. Do Which you guys one did know? I say, A or B? 
Hmm, I think it was B. And what about you? A. Ooh, Rennell is correct. Okay, Rennell, well done. Well listened. They're difficult to hear because the sounds are very, very similar. Okay, next one. So, the person who gets the highest score out of three sentences. A is the cattle eat it. C-A-T-T-L-E, eat it. And B is the cat, apostrophe, double L, eat it. Which one am I going to say? A or B? The cattle eat it. Erin? B? I think also B. You're both right. Okay, good. All right, last one. Last one. Seven is, we will get a mass of cold, a, M-A-S-S of cold is A, and we'll get a mass of cold, M-A-S-S-I-V-E cold. Which one am I going to say now? We'll get a mass of cold. A? I think also A. It kind Wrong. of sounds... It's oh. B. So it shows you just how similar and how attentive we need to be when people are speaking. And that's what happens when people have hearing loss. They have to pay so much attention to what is being said that it almost takes away the brain reserve of what they need to focus on the speech And that's why, because we need hearing to feed our brains, we need to pay great attention to our hearing. Talking about hearing, how do we hear? So, this external part of the ear that you see is not the whole ear. That's called the external ear, and that's called, that part that you can hold or you hang an earring on, that is called the oracle or the pinna. Then you have the middle ear, where there are three little bones. Did you learn at school what the bones are? The incus, the malleus, and the stapes. And then we have the inner ear. The inner ear contains the cochlea, and there is fluid in the cochlea. So what happens is the sound wave enters into the outer ear. It goes into the canal, crosses over through the, the eardrum, vibrates those three little bones, and sends the impulses into the cochlea. So the sound wave now is a different wave from what entered into the ear. And the waves in the fluid move the tiny hairs inside the cochlea. And inside the cochlea, these hair cells are actually nerve cells. And moving them now creates an electrical impulse that is transmitted to the brain. So although we listen with our ears, what we actually hear is with our brain. Interesting. And what is even more interesting, why I became so interested in hearing, is because the word in Hebrew for listen is, here is Shema. And what does Shema actually mean? Our sages tell us that listening actually means understanding, comparing, planning, prognosticating, discriminating, And these are all brain functions. So when science in the 21st century caught up with the Torah knowledge which was transmitted to us thousands of years ago, it made me very excited because now we had a double reason for me to be 
so excited in being able to help people here because that's what an audiologist basically does. We are hearing specialists to help people here. And what about a speech therapist? A speech therapist is somebody who helps with speech problems. And the area of speech therapy involves basically problems with speaking, problems with voice, and problems with language. And there's another new branch, new about 20 years old, dealing with social communication, being able to understand social cues, verbal and nonverbal cues. Wow. It used to be a combined degree, speech and hearing therapy, but most of the universities nowadays have split the courses. They're both a, a BA honors degree in South Africa. In America, you have to get additional degrees, a master's for speech and a doctorate for audiology. But um, because the fields have grown so big, they've decided to split it, even though they're very interdependent. Wow. <laughs> And how do you find out if a baby is going to be born deaf? I don't know how you find out how if they're going to be born deaf. They, they are uncovering a gene for hearing loss, but you can test a baby from birth. Within the first 36 hours, you can tell whether that baby is at risk for hearing loss. And if they fail the initial test, then they come back for rejects because sometimes there's fluid in the ears from the uterus and to make sure that we are actually dealing with something that needs correction we need follow-up and confirmation wow we got a question it says what is the link between hearing and speech it's a very very strong link because in order to be able to speak we need to be able to hear so babies who are learning to speak need to hear Children who are at school learning the complex things that children learn at school, they need to be able to hear in order to listen, not only to speak, to understand, to do all the other subjects. And as we go through life, the more we can hear, the better we will be able to communicate in general. There are always exceptions, and I hope that answers the questions. If I haven't answered it, they can clarify the question for me <laughs> well what technique do you use to make people be able to hear from let's say trauma or something okay so first of all as an audiologist i would need to do an assessment to understand what the problem is is the problem a nerve deafness is it a is it a conductive loss? Remember I mentioned the middle ear? So if there's fluid in the middle ear or if those little bones have been dislodged or any other middle ear problems, we need to differentiate between sensory neural loss and a conductive loss. So we first do the assessment. And then what techniques would I use? Very lovely way you phrased the question because it's not only about hearing, it's about beyond hearing as well. So we do a test to see if a person would benefit from a hearing aid, so you, you present them with speech at different levels, and if they <coughs> respond better when they're hearing louder, then we know that this person could be a candidate for, hearing, for a hearing aid. And the hearing aids of today are remarkable. I showed you some sizes. The smallest one is about the size of your baby fingernail, but we don't generally fit those for with those with children, 
we normally fit a child with a hearing aid behind the ear. And then it's not only just putting the hearing aid on the ear. It's not like glasses that you put them on and everything's fine. It's an interactive process. So we would train the person how to put it on, how to put the battery in, how to listen, how to identify where their problems are. And then we would give them oral rehabilitation to enable them to build on the skills that they have. And with age, very often people have hearing loss. Apparently the statistics show one in three people over the age of 65 have hearing loss. And with that comes other things. Sometimes it's associated with memory loss. And sometimes, remember I told you about the brain part of the hearing. If so much attention is being paid in the conversation as to what are you saying, so some of that brain-allocated hearing function is now being allocated to memory. So what I've started to do is I've started to run hearing loss support groups for older people And we run one at Sandringham Gardens on a Monday morning, and we have a lot of fun. Everything's with fun and games. And at the last meeting that we had, everybody said their brains have started to feel alive. So it's not just about hearing. We need to go beyond hearing and enable the person to take part in living again. Wow, that's amazing. And if someone loses his voice... How do you help them get it back? You're asking me all my secrets, Renelle. Okay. So if a person has a voice disorder, we look at whether what is the problem. Is it a loudness thing? Is it a pitch thing? Where exactly does the, the problem lie? And depending on the problem, so we treat. So if a person has a, um, wakes up one day and can't speak, as happened, as has happened to many children, I was treating someone from a very well-known school. It was just before matric prelims, and he couldn't speak. How is he going to do his orals for English, for Afrikaans? So it, it turned out that he was extremely stressed, and um, we did a few things, a few techniques, and eventually from doing things like coughing and laughing and various exercises, he started to speak, and his first word was Zulu. And when he realized that he could speak, then he just carried on. So when we can address the root cause, sometimes it's a muscular thing, sometimes it's a psychological thing, sometimes it's a paralysis, and each one needs different management. Wow. That's a lot to learn. <laughs> well done. And what is a speech pathologist? A speech pathologist is the same as a speech therapist. It's a name that the Americans use, but I, I believe quite a lot of my colleagues now are using the words pathologist, speech pathologists. Hmm. But yeah, generally we use the term therapists. Wow. I am learning a lot about this. And we're going to learn a lot more after the song. You're listening to Hi Kids on 101.9 Hi FM. Before we carry on with our interview, I have a poem called My Big Fat Cat. And here it goes. I own a big fat cat, the fattest for miles around. Wherever there's lots of food, 
That's where he'll be found. He's really good at eating. It's a talent, I suppose. I'm sure if he keeps at it, he'd win the talent shows. I own a big fat cat. He weighs at least a ton. He couldn't run to save his life. Yes, he isn't much fun. His favorite room's the kitchen. I'm sure we all know why. He eats just about everything. So that's why, with a sigh, I'd like to tell you, teacher, I'd like to tell you straight, I might have accidentally dropped my homework in his plate. I'm sure she would be delighted to answer them. In fact, Aaron would like to say a question. So what can you do to help someone with a hearing loss? If you are the person's communication partner, you mean if you're visiting somebody, if you're visiting a granny, an aunt, a relative, and they have a hearing loss and they can't hear you, is that the kind of situation yes. you mean? Yeah. Okay. So first of all, you need to face them. You need to understand that they need a microsecond extra than you as a young teenager in order to be able to process the sound. So the rule is pause at the commas and stop at the full stops. The latest hearing aids, in fact, have amazing new technology which cuts down the noise not only between words, not only in the environment, but between sounds. So if you can help them understand that the better technology hearing aid they get, the better the solution for them. But as far as you're concerned, if you if they need to ask you to repeat, repeat it with patience. Understand that people with hearing loss become very withdrawn. They feel left out of the conversation. It often leads to depression and depression leads to other factors which, God forbid, could have consequences with degeneration in the brain. So pay attention. Realize how serious it is. Show expression on your face because it's not only the speech sound because very many speech sounds are not visible on the lips. So it's not just about lip reading because we can hear mp. We can see, I mean, mp, b. But we, if I, we can't see the difference between a s, l, t, n, d. We can hear it because we can hear. But nevertheless, so they, they do need to look at your lips, but they need to look at your face and your whole body expression. Also, emphasize the important words, and you can emphasize by saying the important words louder, softer, pausing before and after. And also say the ends of the words clearly. It takes practice, but it can be done, and it makes an enormous, enormous difference. And if you can try and suss out which sounds they can't hear, so just say, for example, they can't hear words with an S or a T or a TH or a CH, try, if they don't hear it the first or second time, try and think of a synonym which wouldn't have those same sounds. Um, and if you're in a conversation in people in a group, Try and see if the person is lost. And if they are, just try and say we're now talking about and give the key word in the sentence or the topic. Is that helpful? Yes. It's challenging. It's not a passive process. You need to be actively involved. And I have one more question. Um, 
Why do we have hearing losses? Like what causes? Okay, so there are many causes of hearing loss. Age is a big factor. As I said, yeah. over 65, there's a, there is a, a large proportion. There's certain drugs that we can take that can harm hearing. There's certain medical conditions um, that could lead to hearing loss. I've got a lovely little pamphlet about the hearing bones are connected to the endocrine system, the blood system. So if one has a cholesterol problem, it could affect the ears. If one has a kidney problem, it could affect the ears. Um, some people are born with hearing loss. There are also infections that can wipe out hearing completely. That's if it's a nerve if it's a virus that affects the nerve, but there's also in children, middle ear, not only in children, but it's very common in children to have middle ear infections. Yeah. Wax in the external ear can be a, a temporary cause for hearing problem. And if there is wax in the ear, never, ever, ever use an earbud. Why? Because the wax is slippery. And if that earbud slips, and wax is like sticky and slippery, so if it sticks and it goes into the ear canal and reaches and pierces the eardrum, that is pain that is just indescribable. Could I've that make you have a hearing loss? It would be a temporary hearing loss because it would cause a, a hole in the eardrum. The hole in the eardrum could probably heal, but um, the wax could block the, the ear. But that's a simple, a simple way of treating it. If you want to know an easy way of removing the wax, you get yellow Johnson's baby shampoo, put it in a dropper, and put one drop, but only one drop, because you don't want to have bubbles floating out of your ears. <laughs> one drop in your ear, four days in a row, at night and in the morning, and then the wax should just, the hardened wax should be able to soften and by chewing we get, the wax gets removed. But generally speaking, we shouldn't need to clean our ears. It's, we, we, you know, we have self-cleaning ovens where we have generally speaking self-cleaning ears. Wow. And how can you help patients with difficult hearing or difficult speech to fit in with others around them? Sure, that's a very complicated question. I think by raising awareness of hearing loss and the problems that problems that are involved in hearing loss, because hearing loss is an invisible problem. You don't look like you've got a hearing loss, but if you are with somebody and you know that they've got a hearing loss, you need to direct attention to them and just make sure that they are always included. Um, you can prepare people beforehand and give some of the tips that I was talking to um, beforehand and make sure the light is on your face, make sure that they can see, make sure that they, if you're in a group that they're sitting at a table that they can see everybody and if you see they are lost, help them. Wow. So we must make sure that they're included in the... Make sure that they're included. And you talked about a mitzvah at the beginning of the show, mm. that is a real big mitzvah. Yeah. Because people become very impatient because they can't see, they don't understand. If you want to understand or if anybody wants to understand what a hearing loss sounds like, 
You can go to my website. You can go to anybody else's website. Mine is www.heargear.coza. And on the video section, there is a video simulating what it sounds like to have a hearing loss. So it'll give it, you a better understanding. Is it not just silence? Is it? Is it not just? Like complete silence? No. Or, no. What an interesting question. You see what? You've raised such awareness. <laughs> hearing is graded. We get different grades. We, when we do a hearing test, we plot it on a graph. So you test diff, at, eight, at eight octaves, you test where the person can hear. Okay? So at each octave, there are certain speech sounds that occur. And the degree of hearing is definitely most always never in a straight line. So you have low frequencies, middle frequencies, and high frequencies. And at each point, we plot where they are on the graph. So, so, so it's very important to know if you, if one has a hearing loss, it's important for people to know their own audiogram. And then they will Begin to understand, and if you are part of the family, you will understand which speech sounds they can't hear, because these different speech sounds occur at different frequencies. Does that make a little bit more sense? Yeah. Yes. And can drums affect your hearing? Drums being noise, yes. If one is exposed to noise over 85 decibels, Continuously for eight hours in a row, it will cause hearing loss. Noise has many effects on the body, but the only undisputed fact is noise causes hearing loss. So, if you are going to play drums, make sure it's not for eight hours continuously. And if you are going to play them, wear ear protection. Very important. Wow. And as a teenager... Remember, not only drums, it's loud music as well. And especially with earbuds in the ear, just make sure that it's not too loud. You all have cell phones. <laughs> you can download an app on the phone. It's called a sound level meter. And you can measure the sound that you're being exposed to. Well, I know I have learned a lot, a lot about hearing. And I know you have too. And I hope our listeners also have. Just before we'd say the song, we put a song. Our second fun fact for the day is, did you know that Egyptian kings are called pharaohs? These kings built massive temples, pyramids, and other monuments, many of which you can still see today. Thank you so much to our high kids for listening to the high kids show, show for kids by kids. Join us tomorrow with amazing guests, stories, fun facts, and even more fun till we meet again right here. On 101.9 High FM. Goodbye and Shabbat Shalom, kids.